Are you an educator who works with vulnerable children? Are you frustrated with trying to meet the needs of vulnerable children in an inflexible, target-driven system? Would you like to know how you can better help support these vulnerable children in your school or organization? Well, look no further. Welcome to this special podcast series from Braveheart Education. Now, please welcome your host and the author of The Teacher's Introduction to Attachment, Nicola Marshall. Welcome back to this special podcast series on uh, the teacher's introduction to attachment. And this is about guiding principle number two today. Uh, and we're going to be talking about emotional age instead of chronological age. So for children who've experienced um, trauma in their early lives, very often they are um, not the same age emotionally as they are chronologically. I remember when we... Um, first had our children about six years ago somebody said to me if you take the years that they were in their birth environment take those years off their age then that's probably what you know more like um, the age they are emotionally and I thought no that can't be true that that sounds too simple Um, but as I think about it now our eldest is 13 and she was five when she went into care um, she is like a seven eight-year-old sometimes Uh, sometimes she's not but um, she certainly is much younger in her emotional um, development than she is, uh, you know, in, in her chronological age. Uh, and this makes it really difficult in the school environment because we, we, you know, there are certain levels that we deal with, with children at. There's certain targets that we're working towards. Uh, and children find it really difficult to, um, to act, you know, at that chronological age if emotionally they're just not prepared for it. Uh, One of the other things about this whole area as well is that if a child hasn't experienced all the building blocks that they need in those early years um, to really develop well in in, in the right stages of child development, then um, they have these big gaps in their development, which means that later on when they come out of that environment, let's say they go into care uh, or they get adopted um, or their circumstances change, Um, and they start to get given all the things that they should have had originally, they start to get their needs met. Because there's still a a gap in those early foundations, it means that it's really hard for them to accept the things that we try and give them later on. Uh, And very often the, 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 the wall, I guess, will... Uh, will crumble as they there isn't a strong enough foundation um, to build the rest of their life on. So some of the things that we need to do in terms of, of, of a guiding principle when you're working with children like this is to remember that they are not the same age emotionally as they are chronologically. And there are a couple of things that we can do to help them in this area. Uh, one of the things is we can put things into our programs to help children to experience what they would have done or should have done in those early years. Um, so instead of always trying to bring them up to the age that they are, is actually trying to, to allow them and give them permission to experience what they would have done at an earlier age. So, for example, we tend to do it kind of naturally when they get into the end of primary school. We tend to... Uh, want to uh, um, develop a sense of responsibility in them. So we want, might say, can you go and do playground duty with early years? 
or they might go and read with early years, they might facilitate sports day, um, they might become a buddy for somebody. Um, so they, we're teaching them responsibility. But what it's also doing, certainly for the children that I'm talking about um, in this book, is, is allowing those children to be at a younger age. So if a child who's um, you know, 10, 11 wants to put their coat around their, their their neck like Batman and run around with the four and five-year-olds, then it's okay to do that when they're in that setting. They don't have their peers looking at them thinking, you know, they're what they're doing, that's really babyish. They don't have people teasing them. They can just um, get on and be younger uh, and experience what they should have experienced at that age. Now, the other thing that you can do, not just build things into programs to allow them or give them permission to be younger, but also um, when they are stressed, they may regress a lot further back. So um, for one of my sons, for example, he sometimes will do uh, kind of toddler talk. You know, he'll go back and do kind of baby talk language and he's 10 years old now. And I know when he does that, the tendency is to want to bring him up to the age years. So we, we tend to kind of say, oh, come on, you know, you're, you're 10 now. You don't need to be talking like that. But actually, he does need to be doing that at that point in time because something is going on. He's anxious about something and it means that he needs to express it in that way. Now, I can do I have freedom at home to be able to let him do that. At school, of course, it's very different. Um, but you could have places where the child can go, people that they can spend time with who understand them, who can accept that, okay, they've regressed because of some anxiety. Let's allow them to spend some time in that age. So you may have things in your setting to help do that. You might have um, the baby toys, you know, all the things that you press these buttons and that thing pops up or the little shapes that you put into cubes or real kind of baby toddler type toys you might have um, jigsaws coloring uh, you might read to the child instead of them reading to you so it's something that you do together with them and allow them to be in that space of being much younger and the chances are they very often will come out of that stage if they're allowed to kind of be there. But what you're doing then as well is building in those blocks in their, their, the wall of their development so that they can progress as they get older and there'll be a stronger foundation for them. But what I would say with this principle is just always keep it in your mind that emotionally they are not the same age as they are chronologically so in terms of transitions it's going to be difficult for them to move up into older groups if they are a July or August child it's going to be even more difficult because they're going to be younger than their um, peers chronologically and emotionally um, so that can be really difficult as well so just to keep that in mind when you're dealing uh, with children who've experienced trauma or who have attachment difficulties so thank you for listening. Please come back and we will talk about guiding principle number three. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Part of a special series introducing the teacher's introduction to attachment. To order your copy of this book, go to www.teachersintro.com.